talking about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, talking about Dawson's Creek. Welcome back to Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week we're recapping season two, episode 15. That is the question, part two. And that is the question, Jamie. To be or not to be, as I talk into my skull. (laughs) All right, Peterson. All right. (laughs) Jamie, what did you think of this? (laughs) Uh, What did I think of this? I liked it. I don't know. I liked it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's good. I'm glad that it, it's out or it's about to be out at the end. I'm sure it'll at least be some kind of a relief, you know, to Jack. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> how about you? How did you feel about this one? Um, I thought it was a lot better than the first one. I wasn't surprised how he ended up coming out. Um, I was, I felt very sad for him. But I vaguely remembered it, to be honest with you. I remembered him crying and, you know, this scene with him and Andy on the steps and his dad's th- their dad is there. I don't remember him being that cold. It's so weird. But I was happy for him by the end of the episode that he finally, like, admitted to himself. But it's just crazy to me that back then, a TV show about teens, like, he's supposed to be 15 or 16 on this. And, you know, he's full on admitting to his friends and family that he's gay. It just, I don't know if I like just didn't want to listen to it. Like, cause I don't remember feel back then at the age I was, I don't remember relating to it or maybe I just ignored it. I don't know because I was just repressed very, feelings. I think so. You know, I was just very confused back then, but I, um, I probably just watched it and was just like, Oh, this is, crazy is this how gay people come out (laughs) you know yeah but I I don't relate to how he came out at all because I was just for me personally I was very much like yeah you want to talk about it (laughs) let's talk about it I I feel like for me mine wasn't so much about Jack as it was about Jen's boyfriend what the heck was his name yeah Ty about his views and I remember the first time that I watched this show like this this episode uh which was I think what last year when I was the first time I really sat down and watched all of Dawson's Creek I'm a fairly new viewer Ty's views when it gets brought up about you know the rumors that are going around about Jack um I remember the first time I watched it being really angry and I think this was part of the reason why I really did not I don't like Ty I think it was like it's a a bunch of little flags it's not like one big thing but it's like all of these little flags that keep popping up and I just know that I don't like him and I just like I think I mentioned this the last time I couldn't remember exactly why I didn't like him and I think the reason why I can't remember why is because it's all of these little things um I was really proud of Grams yeah you know what I mean she really put some stuff into perspective um and Jen was like real happy about it too. But yeah, I, yeah. I just remember that being the hardest part for me for this episode is to have to listen to somebody else's views that were so judgmental and mm-hmm. negative. Um, so I was really happy with Graham's explanation and her way to kind of put him in his place in a way that he can understand. 
being right. his beliefs. So yeah, that was probably my favorite area. Yeah, I liked when Graham's pretty much said, like, who are you to judge right. him? Like Jack not your needs, beliefs. Like Jack needs our love and support, not your judgment. And I loved when she said, like, oh, I have it written down in my notes. And when we get to it, I'll say it. But she basically said, like, like you're not God. You know right. what I mean? I think her points, like, they're very valid. And yeah. they make so much sense. Like, I feel like this this particular clip or, you know, speech that she gives is something that people don't think about even to this day. You know what I mean? They don't view it that way. And I feel like that's something that really should be out there more. You're not God or yeah. any anybody like that that should be judging anyone. Like, don't worry about judging somebody for their actions. Just love them, support them. And then when they meet their maker, then they'll deal with whatever they got to deal with. Like, if that's your belief then don't judge. So people are always going to judge. I know. And it sucks. Cause even like, if you're downtown and you're walking down like the city and you see those people with like the anti-gay, anti-black, anti-everything flags, mm-hmm. they like just hate everybody except like the white race. It makes no sense. Um, and they're Terrible. always, they always have like a megaphone spouting about how you're going to like burn in hell for like liking the same sex and all that stuff. It is gross. It's very gross that they like that that they think it's okay to just go. I mean, it's freedom of speech. They can do whatever they want. But at the same time, it's just it's so insulting and gross. And it's very small minded and so bizarre to me that people just don't look at the bigger picture of the fucking world and see that like so what if somebody's gay? So what if somebody wants to be in an interracial relationship? So what if somebody wants to be trans or whatever? It's nobody's fucking business. Like, stay out of it. Just worry about yourself. It doesn't yourself. impact anybody else. I mean... No, it blows my mind. I don't get it. I am all for everybody having their own opinions and speaking, you know, their minds and whatever, but I just don't think that it should be done in a way where it's damaging to somebody else. And, yeah, just um, you know what? Just keep it to yourself. That's what I always say. Don't tell me. What is it? What is it that your parents always say when you were younger? If you don't have anything nice yeah. to say, don't say anything at all. Exactly. <laughs> it's so sad that we have to revert to childhood, like le- learning lessons for adults because <laughs> they still don't get it. <laughs> uh, well, now the adults are people that are that, you know, are our age even. I mean, there's still the older generation still, but, um, you know, people our own age or even younger we have, have to remind to say, them though, of those school, those school lessons. I don't come across a lot of people that are so anti-whatever. But when I do, I'm always shocked. I'm always just like, do you really think like that? But I just sort of like dismiss it and just go about my way. Because I'm like, it's not my responsibility to teach this grown up how to look at the world. Obviously, something happened to them, how they grew up looking at it the way they do. And, you know, it was they were taught that you know mm. it's just not how i grew up looking at things i don't know i just i'm just very much an open-minded person i don't know me too i don't know it's just i don't care i don't care what people do. free hugs <laughs> love your neighbor love thy neighbor okay guys love my neighbor yeah <laughs> i don't know I'm, I'm not a religious person i really not, not either. at all but but i do agree with what she was saying Created the written word in the form of a book. Any <laughs> Your new All book fancy. that you just got. <laughs> my my 800 page book. No. <laughs> well, speaking of it, what has been going on with you before we get into the episode? Anything new? 
Um, well, besides the fact that this weekend I have my third funeral to attend this month, I don't have anything super exciting that's happening. Uh, just more K dramas and rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> And I might be slightly in love with BTS. <laughs> oh my God, really? <laughs> There's a couple of songs that are fantastic and it's all because of, uh, well, it's not all because there was a couple of songs that, you know, you hear on like TikTok and um, I don't know. I feel like I listen, I hear them in like everywhere now. Like everywhere I couldn't I even go. tell you what they sing. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so I have an Oculus, which is a virtual reality gaming uh, console, basically. And um, inside, I play this game called Beat Saber. It's a lot of fun. It's like tap, tap revolution that you used to do with your on your fingers on your phone, you know, but mm-hmm. like lightsabers are in your hands and you're not gonna you're like i don't know it's like fruit ninja. <laughs> it's like fruit ninja meets tap tap. Anyways, um, what I bought just because they sounded like a lot of fun. I bought like the entire BTS, like variety music pack to play. Mm. And there's this one song that I, is so much fun to play. I was like, I need to listen to all of their songs. So literally these past, like, I don't know, three days, I've just been listening to Korean yeah. music. Okay. Papa. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it's great. It's, it's so much fun. <laughs> And what's what's nice about um, some of them is they they mix in English, you know what I mean, which is cool. So like, oh, I know at least a phrase or two of the song, and the rest of it is uh, it's a mystery to me. But it, the beats are fan; they're just great. I don't know. <laughs> I'm exploring new new things, and I'm loving it. I'm Good. loving it. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm happy for yeah. you. It's great. I like to explore. This is fantastic. I can't go anywhere, so I'm just gonna live vicariously through, you know k-dramas and rom-coms and (laughs) k-pop i don't know (laughs) oh my god just digging myself into a new hole i know (laughs) (laughs) i think it's so funny when you really like something you're like all in like you really are all in i'm I'm all in (laughs) i really am i'm sold to it it. (laughs) i go all in how about you anything new and exciting um I had a pretty slow weekend I got my haircut that was about it but I went back and revisited the Saw series (laughs) for some reason um somebody else was just talking about it I think my brother was just binging them too really or maybe it was my sister oh that's so funny it might have been Galen no Galen was talking about Saw yeah I don't (laughs) don't know know why I sort of all of my siblings love it but me it's okay (laughs) Well, some of them are really disgusting, but oh. I just randomly put the second one on because I didn't, I didn't feel like watching the first one. I always, I remember the first one just being kind of slow. Um, I saw them all, but like, I vaguely remembered the other ones. So I just put them on and I started watching them. And like last week, and I just watched like four of them in a row. I didn't go to bed till like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Cause I couldn't stop watching them. And then, <laughs> and uh, well, there's like this ongoing story, obviously, through like the, all the movies. And um, the guy who plays Jigsaw, his character's name is John Kramer. He has like so many like apprentices, like that he saved in one of his traps or whatever. And then he ended up like working with him. And I watched the Jigsaw movie, which I think is like the seventh movie. Um, 
And I was like surprised at the ending of it because I totally forgot about it. Then I watched the latest one with Chris Rock, which I thought was really good because he ended up bringing them back. But that one was called Spiral, I think. Yeah, Spiral. But um, they're, I mean, they're just like sick movies to watch. (laughs) But um, other than that, I found a really fun podcast to listen to called Happy Horror Time. It's hosted by these two guys and they interview like scream queens from like the 80s and 70s and 90s like from horror movies from when like I was younger and I've been sort of binging their podcast I really really like them they're just very fun and funny and they're like lighthearted. and at the end of every interview when they have an interview with a certain actress or whoever they're interviewing they always are like I really enjoyed the or the actress they're always like I really enjoyed this this was so fun like you guys are great and it makes me feel happy for them I was like I don't even know who they are like but I just it makes me feel good because they are they're really good at what they're doing so I've been binging that while I was while I've I've been working because it relieves a lot of stress off my my brain but um no other than that I don't know I'm excited to um just enjoy this weekend I would like to actually do something. I didn't get to see my nieces for Valentine's Day. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Valentine's Day just passed, didn't it? I know. (laughs) (laughs) We had our My Bloody Valentine episode out. That was fun. We did our live, which was fun. Yeah, I don't know. We, I feel like this couple, the past couple of weeks have been just kind of like a blur to me. I don't know. It really has. And I think a lot of that, at least for me, has to do with just the deaths that's been occurring. Um, it's like overshadowing all of the the fun things that should be happening at this time of year. You know, it's, I mean, I'm just going through the motions at this point. I totally get it, Jamie. It sucks. It does suck. I think that's part of why I just kind of dived into these, these, (laughs) these Asian rom-coms because some of them, they're so sickeningly sweet and happy. And things just work work out. You know what I mean? All of these these things where it's like extreme situations, but they just they find a way. And it's like a it's like that positivity that you didn't even realize you needed. Um yeah, I get it. And American TV shows are just not as lighthearted, I think. Some of these are just, I don't know, they're lovely. <laughs> I just put Some on Save little, Old Save by the Bell episode. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are a little off the wall. Um <laughs> And then they then there's the realistic-ish ones. Those are good too. They're just all good. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I have another thing though to say since you know I'm on the topic of my rom-com shows. Um, so I know previously that I have talked about mischievous kiss, I think, right? And how I like <laughs> yeah. fell in love with it. And then so that's the Japanese version. And then I found the Korean version called Playful Kiss. <laughs> uh, which is like the same show but just in a different country and they tweak some stuff so things are different um well no, i found right. like a taiwanese version i guess if that's what you say <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and it's the same thing <laughs> so you're watching it in three different um forms i love it <laughs> i love it so much well because it's different you know what i mean they change the names they change obviously the locations they're all in different areas different countries um and then they even change like the the main plot points are the same mm-hmm. but like the things on how they get there or even the way some of them play out are completely different so it's like i'm watching the show that i love but i'm watching a new show at the same time it's just different um 
but this one's called Miss Is Kiss. I don't really understand what it's, the, the title's odd to me. I don't know if there was, if it's supposed to be that, or maybe there was like a translation issue, maybe, or maybe just translated weird, didn't translate very well into English. I don't really know what Miss Is Kiss means, but <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, it's weird, but I love it. And it makes me happy. And I hope that there are more. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to keep finding it. I'm going to just keep digging. I hope so. Cause they're so good. <laughs> I love them. I'm obsessed. I can't help it. I don't know why. Give me to talk about something else. Let's talk about Dawson's Creek. My other obsession. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad that you're still into Asian rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like we may be talking about this uh into season four <laughs> pretty much i mean you hit the nail on the head when you said you when said i like pretty much I go all in. <laughs> well i mean i think you hit the nail on the head when you said i like something i go all in i mean i do so. <laughs> amy this is our final episode before we get into it what has been up with you well <laughs> i found the dutch version of mrs kiss and <laughs> dutch <laughs> oh my face hurts you're making me smile too much okay <laughs> it's so i'm funny. like jamie is there anything <laughs> else you do <laughs> <laughs> oh but it's funny because it's true so <laughs> i watched a really good documentary on netflix recently really good if not very frustrating it was called the tinder swindler have you heard of it? Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it though, obviously, but I've heard of it. Oh, it is beyond crazy. Like, you have to see it to believe it. But there's this guy on Tinder who ends up like swindling the girls that he meets. But I don't want to get into how he does it. You have to watch it. But it just blew my mind that the way he did it and the way people are just so gullible and believing things, I just couldn't. I was like, wow. I don't know. You have to watch it and then let me know and then we'll talk about it because I don't want to give anything away, but it, it made my brain pop out of my head. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I just not, I'm like, I'm not saying that the women that they interviewed were stupid. They're not stupid. It's, they're obviously kind hearted people and you just got took advantage of. Yeah. And it just, but the way that it happened, I just couldn't believe it. And then we were also watching another documentary show about murder, like murderers and like the real life murder situations. Like the first episode was about the BTK killer. And now Justin's like all about watching the BTK killer. Um, But that was very interesting. It's called Catching Killers. It's really, really good. I got up to like the third or fourth episode of the first season, but it's very interesting. I have to say, like if you're into true crime or whatever, stuff like that, you should totally watch it. I don't know some like the weekends go by Jamie and I have like my whole day set to do shit and before I know it I'm still laying in bed watching like if I'm not being productive I'm still laying in bed watching like Netflix watching Food Network watching Save by the Bell it's just like the same thing over and over last weekend I had every intention of going to the store and getting valentines for my nieces but I ran to get my hair cut my grandma called me, so I called her back. I ended up staying over there for like four hours. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I did get, I hung out with um, an old friend on Friday at a half a day at work, and it just worked out that we could meet up. Um, so we went out to lunch. It was nice. I was so happy to like just catch up with her. 
because I haven't seen her. We like been we like chat, obviously, but yeah. I haven't like seen her, seen her. And it's like when you don't see somebody for like such a long time, you're like so excited. So I like I remember just like hugging her so like long. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm so glad that everything went well though. Yeah, it was nice. We were we like were done eating and we were just still talking in the restaurant. I was like, I think they want us to leave, but I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I don't care. Nobody here. Customer. I was like, she didn't even ask us for more drinks. Like, give me a break. (laughs) They're trying to shove me out the door. Um, but anyway, all right. Do you want to get into this episode, Jamie? I'm ready. This week we are recapping season two, episode 15. That is the question. Aired February 17th, 1999, which is today. Today's February 17th. That's so funny. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. How about that? Oh, that's really cool. (laughs) I know. We're like, we're literally right on track with the show until they Mm -hmm. go on hiatus. Directed by Gregory Prang and written by Greg Berlanti. And I know Greg Berlanti is an openly gay man, so it makes sense that he would write this. And Mm -hmm. I personally don't know what part of the script kevin williamson had but i'm sure he was in the writer's room with them i mean he had to be because he was part of the season right but i'm curious i would love to know all right so we start the show we open in dawson's bedroom per usual we see pacey watching jerry mcguire laying in dawson's bed show me the money (laughs) this isn't the first time that they've had them watching um jerry mcguire so Pacey is watching Jerry Maguire. He's staying at Dawson's for the week during his suspension because he doesn't want to deal with the wrath of his father at home. So Dawson comes in and says, Jerry Maguire again. And Pacey says, I'm running in a, on a loop. It speaks to my current situation as a renegade moral crusader. So he asks Dawson what's new at school. And he says the same plus or minus a few sexual identity crisis. And Pacey asks how Jack is doing. So Dawson says he seems okay. He's just keeping a low profile. And Pacey asks about Joey and Dawson says she's fine. Then he says, and Andy. And Dawson tells him that the last he's heard about Andy is that she ran off the Bali with a Brazilian soap star named Diego. And he says, I hear she's very happy though. And tan. (laughs) But he's just like, Pacey's face when he says, and Andy, like he doesn't want to ask, but he wants to ask. Mm -hmm. He looked like a little kid in that, scene it was so funny because he he hasn't talked to her the whole week no he hasn't so dawson says call her already you idiot (laughs) calls him an idiot and um he says he can't believe that you let the week go by without even talking to her and pacey says it's not that easy andy thinks that he's responsible for dragging another mcphee scandal through capeside and he thinks andy was being short-sighted selfish and insensitive So for right now, they're at an impasse. And Dawson says, no, last week you were at an impasse. Now you're just an avoidance. And that reminded me of, um, remember when um, Dawson and Jen broke up and Joey was giving him like the roles of like what to do after a breakup and avoidance was one of those. Mm. Do you remember that? Kind of, yeah. She was like, yeah, she was just like, and the inevitable her meeting somebody else and you have to see her like kissing somebody like in front of your house <laughs> and he's like remember that. <laughs> you're making it worse no hmm? um but yeah i was like well he's using the rules joey gave him <laughs> so dawson tells him that she's hurting 
and he cares about her and to just apologize. And he tells Pacey to swallow his pride and get his girlfriend back. So Pacey is getting annoyed and he throws his hands up and he tells Dawson he doesn't want to apologize. He's got like a lot of pride right now. He feels like he did the right thing and he feels like Andy wasn't there for him. And he feels like, why should he apologize when he was even defending Jack? And she made it out like he was doing something wrong when he was trying to, like, even protect her brother, kind of. Right. But he says he stood up for something he believed in and he was right. And then he compares himself to Jerry Maguire for taking a stand. And Dawson reminds Pacey that even Jerry Maguire lost everything and he had to beg, grovel, and crawl to get it all back. And he says... And he was not sleeping on his friend's bedroom floor. And Pacey says, I thought you said I could have the bed tonight. And he says, I don't think so. Pacey says, Joey gets the bed. Dawson kind of laughs and he goes, don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get the opening credits. I thought it was a cute scene. I really did. I like the opening. I I like that Pacey's still like angry about everything. Like you're, you're still allowed to be angry about the situation. And he hasn't talked to his girlfriend. They left in such an odd way, you know, on the, on the dock or the pier or whatever. And, you know, not talking to somebody that close to you after going through something like that, it's going to like be on your mind. And, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be the first one to say something. Stubborn, prideful men. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I think I have a lot of pride and I think that I would just give in and just say, this is dumb. We need to talk. Like, let's just talk. Now I would as a 41 year old, because it's not worth it being angry over stupid stuff. Back then, I probably just would have ignored her too. (laughs) And been like, she's a bitch. I don't want to talk to her. I think at that point, I'd have to weigh how serious I was about that friendship. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. But if it if it means a lot, and you have a lot of history and stuff, and well, that's what I mean. No, you have different. to weigh. You have to weigh your pride and your principle, or whatever point you're trying to make, compared to your mm-hmm. friendship with your person. You know what I mean? It's very true. Which one do you want more of? Because if you value your friendship more than that principle or point you're trying to make, then you should probably try to initiate that conversation. Yeah, I agree. Right now, I'm very much the person who's just like, let's just talk about this <laughs> because it's so silly <laughs> to fight. <laughs> um all right so now we're at capeside high we see ty and jen kissing each other goodbye i hate her hair yeah i wrote jen's hair looks insane and she even puts her hands through it and like it just makes it worse it's all choppy and clunky and weird i don't get it i don't don't know what they were doing i don't know what i don't know it looked like they let a kid attack her hair with scissors with dull scissors yeah it's just really bizarre to me. It doesn't, maybe it's she was just like, like, give me the Josh Hartnett 1999. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's almost too long. And maybe it's just the way it was styled. It just, whatever they were doing, it wasn't working. No, it's too it choppy. Yeah, it's weird. It's so bizarre. weird. So Dawson walks over and says, Love blooms in Cape Side. And Jen looks really happy. And she says, She feels so silly. It's like she has some junior high crush. And I was like, you, you do. Well, you're in high school, but you still have a crush. Dawson tells her it's a beautiful thing and that he's happy for her and that Ty seems like a really nice guy. So Jen agrees. And then she extends an invitation to Dawson to join her and Ty for an evening excursion. And Dawson says, a Bible party? And she says, <laughs> not exactly. 
And I was like, well, at some point she told him about the Bible situation because by how would he know that? So now we're with Joey. She's with Jack at her locker trying to find her textbook. I wrote, she has a really crazy sweater on. It was a very 90s fun sweater. She hands Jack her purse and he puts it over his shoulder. And just as he's doing that, a bunch of toxic jocks walk by and they say, nice purse, McPhee. And Jack yells out to one of them, let me know. He's like, very funny. Let me know if you want to borrow it sometime, Morgan. This whole conversation that they have right now, it made me cringe. So she says, it would be nice if the running commentary would finally come to a stop. And he says, and what? Give up my role as Cape Size most talked about non-homosexual? She says, you know what I mean? You're not gay. What, what's the point in still talking about something that's already been refuted? So Jack says they'll have to fight fire with fire. And he suggests that they make love right on the student green. Or even better, we can in me. We can have an, a going into the closet party and everybody come dressed as their favorite straight person. So Joey smiles and she says, get the class straight, boy. <laughs> Which I, that made me cringe too. And he says, that's Bubba to you in this like deep voice. And then he gives her a kiss and Joey watches Jack walk off to class, but she still looks totally stressed out and confused. And um, I thought it was funny that he said Bubba, he called himself Bubba because remember in the pilot, when Jen asks if she's a virgin, she goes years ago, a trucker named Bubba. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, I didn't remember that at all. I didn't get the whole Bubba reference. I was like, maybe he was just trying to be a big manly guy and they named him Bubba. I don't <laughs> No one else Bubba reminds Gump, me of Bubba. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Bubba Gump fish <laughs> or shrimp. Is Bubba Gump fr- shrimp, right? It was all about shrimp. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, dude. In the Sookie Stackhouse books, Sookie sees Elvis Presley as a vampire and she calls him Bubba through the whole thing. In every book she sees him, she calls him Bubba. I was Maybe it's funny. just like an endearing turn of phrase, like, like baby <laughs> yeah. or uh, bestie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but, I've seen people call like young, their kids, like their young sons, Bubba, like, oh, Bubba, you know, like it's a kiddish. Maybe it's just like a term of endearment. Yeah, I guess so. I it, didn't, it didn't bother me or anything. I just thought it was funny. Hmm. Um, but what did bother me was just how he's so just adamant about hiding who he is, you know? Yeah. And she so clearly is still upset about the whole thing. And she doesn't she still has questions because she doesn't believe it either it, the way she looks at him as he walks off and dawson comes up she's sort of like is he is he not like i don't know it's her intuition is this is one of those things that women have <laughs> where you have a little tiny voice in the back of your head trying to tell you something and you're trying to follow you know what I mean? like where your heart and your mind kind of get mixed up because your yeah. head is like listen there are these signs and you're missing it and your heart's like no it can't be you're in denial because you you know really care for that person type yeah. thing and you can't believe it so it's it's i feel like she she knows but she doesn't at the same time i i understand that feeling so um I'm going to blame it on her intuition trying to to peek through and she just isn't accepting or believing what she's subconsciously probably yeah. picking up. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's really, that's true. Um, I think everybody has that too, Jamie. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I wouldn't say it's just women, but like no, I I've right. had a situation too where I've been like, you know, is this happening? Is this not happening? You know what I mean? But 
I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, it's all just depends on, you know, how much you decide to listen to yourself. Hey, exactly. people listening, you've got that voice in the back of your head. It might be for a reason. Okay. Um, I had that little voice pop in my head to tell me to put my damn seatbelt on, which is really bizarre for me because I always wear my seatbelt. It's, you know, you get in the car, you put your seatbelt on automatically. I don't think about it. It's just like a muscle memory, you know? So when you get into a car and that little voice automatically, like randomly is just like pestering you to make sure your seatbelt's on, listen to it guys. Cause it's for a reason because not for nothing. 10 minutes later, I was in, I got T-boned. I was in an accident. So this is many years ago, but just the point of my story here is you should probably just pay attention to that voice. Yeah. It's very scary. It is, but pay attention. Um, I hated, hated, hated the whole thing with, we'll have an in party. Everybody I didn't get together. it. I mean, a, a coming out party. So it's an opposite of a coming in party. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. That's, that's as far as I got. Out, but but then when he started it. saying you come in as your favorite, dressed as your favorite, you know, straight person, that, that was really weird to me. I mean, maybe I just never been to a coming out party. Is that like a thing? Do people just dress up as their favorite gay person at a coming out party? Like, I don't understand this reference. Like, I've never confused. been to a coming out party. <laughs> I've never heard of it either. <laughs> I don't I even have a favorite what gay person. trying to say. I'm, you know, I don't even know what he was trying to say with this. It was he was so trying confused. to be funny, but it was not, it didn't work. No, it didn't. Cause I was confused. <laughs> but I hated, hated when she said, get the class straight boy yeah oh that made me like roll my eyes so far in the back of my head um but it's not her fault it's the dialogue whoever wrote it was just like just so far about like they were just making a very adamant that he's not gay um i guess to lead up to the shock that he is but everybody apparently thinks that jack is gay we you know dawson questions it ty even talks about it you know what's really weird No, well, PC isn't judgmental, I think, at least in this kind of regards. But um, so many people are talking about this and so many people don't seem surprised, even when we come into a conversation between uh, Dawson and Joey later, where Dawson's like, I've thought about it once or twice or a couple of times or whatever he says. And I'm just like, nobody ever brought it up until after that poem. So did people are is this just now all of a sudden something that's happened now that this poem came out or were people suspected like suspicious of it before like am i am i missing something i I just the way that the dialogue went it kind of prompted more questions maybe it was just the way i was interpreting it i don't know but i guess in the end it doesn't really matter because he's gotta tell his daddy first yeah i'm trying to see if i can relate to that like it's so weird like after i came out my sister told me that my mom was like surprised or whatever. And she even said like, how are you surprised? Like, why are you surprised? Like everybody knew Stephen was different when he, even when he was a kid and her saying that to me, just fully admitting that she always thought I was gay as a kid, even it may, it gives me like pangs in my stomach because I'm just like, well, why didn't you like, just have like a conversation with me and be like, you know, Stephen, if you are, it's okay. You know, nobody in my family ever had that conversation with me ever. I remember one time hmm. being young and me and my brother, Richie, were like in the basement. I don't even remember what we were doing, but I remember he said to me, we were talking about like gay people or whatever. And he said, what if you grew up and you were gay? I can see it in my head. And he said that to me. And I just was like, what do you mean? 
I was little. Like I didn't, I didn't even know what he was talking about. And he's younger than me. And I was just sort of like taken aback. And I was just like, but also I have to admit, like when you're that young, like you really do know that you're different than other people. Right. It's just, it's just like we talked about before, like denial and fully admitting everything, but hearing those things from your siblings, it's, uh, not that I was under a lot of pressure or anything before I came out, but like probably would have made it a lot easier if they were coming to me and being like, Stephen, if you're gay, nobody cares. Okay. <laughs> you know what now, I mean? <laughs> I see, I completely understand that perspective, but at the same time, like if I think about it, and I mean, I, I have a sister who is gay, but like I didn't live with them. So it's not like I saw signs or anything. Yeah. But I don't think that I would actively approach the topic of conversation until because I don't know if they would be ready for that you know what I mean like my worst fear now that I'm like putting that into perspective is me approaching my sibling who isn't ready and all they would do instead is just shut down and I wouldn't want that to happen so for them to want to initiate it then I would be open so I think the only thing I could ever do is like hey if you ever want to talk about anything at all I'm here and I'm your person and just leave it at that. Like, I don't think I would ever actually broach a specific topic like that. Just leave my door open so that when they were ready. They knew that they were comfortable coming to you. Yeah, I think that is probably the only way that I would ever be able to handle it. I don't think I'd want to walk up to my little sister and be like, so are you gay? And then be like, what? What are you talking about? No, no, no. I don't like Yeah, it. because it's like and not. They're going to shut down and they're going to close off. And they're, you know what I mean? Or they're, or they're not prepared or maybe they're not ready or haven't thought about it. They're just, I just would never want to scare them before they're so that's that's me though if i had to think about it like that yeah no i totally i totally understand all right let's continue so joey's watching jack walk off she's clearly stressed out she's looking down at the ground she's like is my boyfriend gay is he not gay i don't understand his confusion Um, is causing her to have some confusion and everybody's just a big confused person and, and this confusion is causing her to have terrible hair because she keeps putting up in this messy, messy bun. I like her messy bun. I'm okay I actually with wanted to say bun. something. <laughs> you only like my messy bun, Steven. I only like your messy bun. <laughs> <laughs> for, for some reason, Joey's messy bun looks like she just got done like painting a house or like cleaning the ice house or something. I don't get it. It's just always very messy. <laughs> is my messy bun too clean (laughs) it's too clean yeah but it's it's a nice messy bun i'll give you that (laughs) my good messy buns and high ponies got it (laughs) i love a high pony (laughs) i really do i know i know you do (laughs) so me laugh (laughs) i don't know why i don't know it's just (laughs) i think it's a nice look on a girl Or even like a cute guy if he's got long hair. Put it up in a high phone. Um, <laughs> or a man bun. <laughs> yeah. Top knot, depending on your country, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm not opposed to a guy with long hair. I've never <laughs> I've never really dated a guy. You just with long can't hair. have nicer hair than me. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> um Dawson walks up to Joey and he looks at her and he says, Oh no, I know that look. And she looks up at him and she tells him it's the universal look for don't ask. So he says, okay. And he invites her out to the club with him and Jen and Ty. So Joey's kind of short with Dawson and she says she can't. And she says that she has study plans with Jack. So Dawson tells her that that sounds like fun. She goes, I guess we haven't been focusing too much on fun recently. So then Dawson says that 
um, maybe you should, and maybe invite him to come along to the club or maybe even something romantic. <laughs> like he hated even saying it. And Joey goes, Dawson Leary, I can't believe you're giving me relationship advice. And he says, there are easier things in the world. So the bell rings, Dawson goes, is leaving for class and Joey goes to stop him. And she just says nothing. Like, she's just like nothing, like, never mind. Um, I don't know what she was even going to say to him. I think maybe she wanted to say thank you, or maybe just like, I don't know. I feel like she's clearly inching closer to him again, you know? Yeah, but I'm, I don't know if they, I'm like really trying to remember the shelf life of their relationship. Cause I know that there's like a potential, but it doesn't work. I think Dawson kind of turns her down. Oh, I I remember. I've because the only reason why I remember this is because she gets upset and she storms off. It's like some kind of party that happens at Dawson's house. And um, Dawson says something to Pacey about keeping an eye on her because she needs a friend. Mm. And um, no, I think that's season three. That's when Pacey starts hanging out with her. That's season three. Right. I don't I don't know what happens before that is what I'm saying. I don't know if they like get back together and break up again. I think that's what happens. I'm pretty sure they get back together because there's a picture I keep seeing every time I do image searches for this show. There's a picture where all of them, all six of them are sitting on Dawson's bed together and they're all coupled up. And Joey is very close to Dawson. So I'm assuming in that scene she's with him. So I'm not not sure, but I think they do get back together. And then on the season finale, he helps her turn in her father because her father comes back, right? Right. And then she's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You made me wear a wire, I think. I don't I don't remember, but I'm sure we'll get to it, obviously. But I think it's it's very short-lived until season three when she finally comes back to him and then she starts going into the arms of Pacey. Pacey. <laughs> and we start to get Poey <laughs> or JC. JC is probably better than Poey. Poey. <laughs> I like that. Poey. Poey. <laughs> I just feel like that's something you would call somebody who's like an Edgar Allan Poe fan. Oh, yeah. Look at all those Poeys out there. <laughs> Are you a Poey? <laughs> Not really. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> You don't know Edgar Allan Poe is the poet. Oh, you know why is a raven like a writing desk? You're it's a poet. It's not a poe. You know so much about him already. <laughs> well, it's not you Edgar Allan Poe. You could call him. You could call yourself a poet. No, I can't call myself a poet. I can call myself a um. A Carol Lee. Lewis Carroll says that, but it always oh. reminds me of Poe because of the Raven. That's all. Oh, all right. Anyway, um, so not a person. Me either. So we are back in Peterson's class, and I wrote Pacey's actually still in this class, which I doubt would ever happen. <laughs> he would be totally removed from the class for spitting in a teacher's face. Peterson tells Pacey, welcome back after his hiatus. And Pacey hands him all of his assignments while he um, was out. And Peterson says he'll be sure to take his diligence into consideration. Then he hands Pacey his poem and Pacey looks at it and he got a big fat F. So Pacey is not happy about this. 
And he asks Peterson what exactly was wrong with it. And Peterson says, in my educated editorial analysis, it stunk. (laughs) (laughs) He said it just like that. (laughs) He was like, it's junk. (laughs) So Pacey says, so as my teacher, you have no comments or advice on how to compose a poem more to your liking. And he's very mad now. And Peterson says, yes, write better. And he tells the entire class that from now on, grades will be subjective, whim to his personal taste. Those with intelligence, talent, and ability will have no problems. And the rest should come to terms with their inevitable failure. He literally calls him a failure again in front of the class. No teacher is going to make grade subjective especially if they're fucking learning the subject (laughs) like you can't fail somebody on a poem unless it was like you need to write a haiku you're not following the not the the rules of a haiku the five seven five guys five seven five (laughs) right you're not following the like rules of this you know what i mean there's no reason why he should have given him a failure somebody telling me to write a haiku of me going roses are red and violets are blue and being done is it that's not a haiku i know Roses are red that's the point i know that's the whole point yeah then you would fail right thank you for catching up (laughs) you're welcome so proud (laughs) that was my point (laughs) i remember when we had to write haikus in grade school i i i wish i still had mine but i think I, i think it was a nice poem too it was something about like a willow tree I don't remember. I don't remember mine, but I did write a poem. We had to write a poem. It wasn't, I think it just could have been like whatever. And I wonder if I still have it somewhere. Um, it was about cat dog. Cause I. <laughs> oh, the cartoon. The cartoon. <laughs> of course. Of course it was. I don't even remember what it says. Like, I just remember that it was about cat dog. Jamie, <laughs> if you find the cat dog poem, You'll, you can read that and I'll read my description of the story that I wrote about childhood diabetes. Oh my gosh. Um... <laughs> my mom probably has it with her stuff because right. I was like in elementary school. So we'll have to really do that though. If you ever go to your mom's and get it, you can read your cat dog poem and I'll read my description about my story about I wonder if she's got the book too. We wrote a book in elementary school. So um, now that we're talking about this stuff, I, when I was younger, I had problems with like, like vocabulary and reading. I know you'd never know that now. Right. But I did. So I was in like a a group, I guess, for like more attention, like a specialized group to help bring you back up to speed, I guess. Yeah. And we wrote a book. And then um, we kind of published, and I put this in quotation marks because it's published by the school type thing, but like we drew the pictures and wrote the story. And my mom, I think, should have a copy of that too. And I'm kind of curious what it was about because I don't remember. <laughs> like oh I remember God. being in the group and I remember us coming up with like stuff, but I don't remember anything else. <laughs> you should go to your mom's and see if you can find it. I love that kind of stuff. When me and my friend were younger, the girl that I don't talk to anymore, we made um, our own like fake newspaper and it was called the S and M Gazette. I think (laughs) 
S and M. <laughs> it just took me a minute to like. I figured like it was like your your initials. It was. <laughs> well, I, right. Well, it took me a minute to figure out what was so funny about that, but it clicked. <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. After later, I remember I didn't even realize it, and then I remember somebody said something to me like S and M. What? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's our initials. It makes me think of the Rihanna song S S S M. <laughs> M M M. <laughs> I know I have those somewhere in my closet. I got to dig those out. But I wrote like a whole story about how I like finally beat Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I wrote a fan oh. fiction once about Inuyasha. <laughs> that what's what? What a fan fiction is, or what Inuyasha no, is? What that is? Inuyasha. Yeah. You know Sailor Moon. Oh, I know. I know who that is. I don't like watch it or anything. Okay, so it's 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 an anime from the nineties. Uh, I guess it was the nineties, early two thousands, late nineties. So you wrote a fan fiction about that? Inuyasha. Yeah, it used to be on Adult Swim all the time. If you ever watched Adult, never Swim, watched any of that. <gasps> Even I used to watch Adult Swim over my friend Jason's house, and we would watch the show with the French fry guy and the oh yeah, Aquatine Hunger Force. Yeah, we would watch that. I never understood it. Meatwad. It yeah, it like wasn't something I it's, even wanted to it's, watch. It's, it's funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny to me, but like I would sit there and watch it. We would like drink beers and stuff. It's so weird. The things that I, I like forgot that I did. Um, yeah. So he calls Pacey a total failure. He's looking directly at him and um, he's not Pacey's not happy. We cut to Pacey at lunch with Dawson. He's telling Dawson how Peterson is setting him up for failure. And Dawson says he can't drop the class because it's halfway through the semester. And Pacey says he's a 7.4 on the screwed Richter. So then he sees Andy walk into the cafeteria. She sits alone at a table and she looks over at him. Pacey says, make that a 7.8, a phase of massive destruction. So Dawson says, just go over and talk to her. And Pacey's being a little brat. And he says, she saw me. She could come over here too. Dawson says, just go. Just fucking go talk to her. Go. He Stop says he will. A boy. He says he will. He just wants to give it a second. Cut to Jack drinking. I wrote the most delicious looking bottle of water I've ever seen. It made me so thirsty when I watched him drink that water. I don't know why. <laughs> I, don't I didn't know why. even notice it. That's funny. I was like, wow, I'm thirsty. Um, <laughs> so then Joey comes over and hands him a menu. And she says, if there's anything on there that you don't like, let me know. That's what I'm cooking tonight. And he's like, for who? And she says, you and me, we're going to have the dinner to end all dinners. And she says, it's going to be at our house on the dock. And she was thinking, whatever leads from there, only the fates can say. I was like, wow, she's really pushing this. And he says, that sounds romantic. Is there going to be like a hot guy there too, Joey? Because <laughs> that'll make it even better. With the song in the background going, let's get physical. <laughs> physical. 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 <laughs> yeah. And he's dancing with one of the hot, the hot dancers from the video. And Joey's and like. bust out in a YMCA, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jack suddenly got like a construction worker outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> police officers to the right i couldn't remember what the other guys are wearing I don't either <laughs> firefighter maybe i don't know there might be a firefighter in there that that's that makes sense <laughs> anyway all right so 
he says that sounds romantic and she looks at him and she goes well that's the plan stan and you literally said that to me the other night and i cracked up and i said it's so funny because joey says that to him in the episode and i don't even think you even watched the episode yet no i watched it today i thought Um, it was so funny but i mean that's like a normal that's a normal phrase that's the plan. I know, Stan. but don't be I negative, just, Nancy. You know, I don't know. I know, but I just thought it was so coincidental because I yeah. literally just watched it and I was like, "What?" <laughs> so then Jack thanks her for being there for him uh, every step of the way, which again I thought was just like, "Stop talking about it. If you're not gay, stop talking about it. Just like forget about it. Let it go." Yeah. Let it go. It was just another weird way of him say, like letting her know, like, I don't, I don't know about this. So she tells him it kind of comes with the territory of digging him. And again, they have zero chemistry whatsoever. So we see Pacey walking over to Andy and he sits down at the table with her. She says, you haven't called. And he gets irritated and he says, uh, last I checked, my phone has an incoming line. I was like, Pacey, take it down and notch. <laughs> take it down a notch <laughs> like she obviously is upset too <laughs> that's an interesting way to say it. i'm like uh phones work both ways that's usually what i say but you know what incoming line that also worked i guess <laughs> yeah it's it's just like saying it's just cosmetic enhancement <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dawson we're, getting, wrote the we're getting fancy with our words <laughs> let's get fancy so she says, you left me stranded on a pier after telling me I was weak and insensitive. She says she really wasn't up for talking to him. Pacey's getting angry and he says, and judge and abandon me when I needed you the most. I thought I'd wait for your call. She says, my call and say what? And Pacey says, for starters, I'm sorry. She says, I agree. I'm sorry would be nice to hear. <laughs> I like this. I like this argument. <laughs> I always love their banter, but I just want to interject for like a second stranded on a pier first of all we know that she drives <laughs> she was like where do i go would i just jump in the water <laughs> like she and he was there did before she got there so how did she get there she probably drove her vehicle what do you mean you got stranded he didn't take your car and run i understand what you're saying she's being dramatic i think yes. she just means that um he left. He just left me there. I didn't walk her to the car. You didn't but want me to come over to your house. Then listen, Miss Smarty Pants, use the right word. Do yeah. we need to have vocabulary session? Do we need to look up what the word stranded means? <laughs> He's like, I know what stranded means. I can never leave. <laughs> I'm I can't stuck here anywhere. forever. I'm marooned on an island. <laughs> that is Meanwhile, <laughs> people are walking by, getting on their boats. <laughs> She's like, help me. so she says is there anything else you wanted to hear because we don't seem to be making any progress and pacey's just getting even more angry angrier he's getting angrier and he says i just saw you sitting here and i wanted to say hello any progress beyond that i hadn't considered so she says well consider this hello is typically followed by one thing goodbye and she slams her book and she gets up and leaves i was like wow that was an accident I wonder if it's like her t- her period. Is it her time of the month? Well, her, she's also her... on she's also on mood stabilizers. So true. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the mood stabilizers. I don't, I don't know, Jamie. I think she has a right to be mad at 
him and i think he has the right to be mad at her there's just a lot of miscommunication going on with the with the two oh, of them yeah they're sure. both they're they both have all this pride but but they're so dramatic but she also went there that night to apologize to him because she felt she was wrong especially with jack so she wanted to go and talk to pacey and be like look i understand your situation like let's talk about this like adults but pacey just being like the jerk that he wanted to be to her didn't want to let it didn't want to hear it so i don't know i'll give you that but but that's about it i'm not wiggling too much on pacey <laughs> he's finally not gaslighting her she's kind of gaslighting him <laughs> payback's a bitch <laughs> i love it <laughs> so she gets up and leaves the cafeteria and we see jack come up next to her and he asks her what that was all about and she says she doesn't want to talk about it she says she's late to go see mr milo and he asks, what does that mean? And Andy says that he's been calling for their mom lately, but she's been covering for her. And he just asked me to come in. And Jack says he's going to see Milo as well. He just thought it was more of his good guy counselor BS. So they walk into Mr. Milo's office and we see their father. He's just sitting there. Andy runs up and gives him a hug. And we see Jack is not happy about this. You know who I miss that I just realized we haven't seen in a little bit? Gail and Mitch. Oh, yeah. I miss them, too. (laughs) (laughs) I miss seeing his hot body. (laughs) I miss their drama. (laughs) Their hot drama when they're when they're fucking on their little island table in the kitchen. The actor playing um, their father is named David Dukes, and his name on the show is Joseph McPhee. And actually a little tidbit about him is that he died October 9th, 2000 at 55 he was very handsome. This picture that they yeah. have from IMDb is very handsome. But I remember hearing that he died on um, Instagram by another, it, it, this guy, Craig Edwards, who worked on the show. He posts a lot of stuff about his time working on the show. And he posted something about David Dukes and how it was always fun having him around um, when he was on the show. And then he just mentioned that he passed away. And then I, I remember just being like, oh, I totally forgot about that. I remember hearing about it, but. It's one of those things, you know, you just totally forgot. This is while we're talking about this stuff. Jack, what's Jack, the actor's name? Kerr Smith. Kerr. Is Kerr a smoker? Yeah, I told you that before. They were always chain smoking when we were doing extra work. I forgot that you said that. And when I was watching this episode, like if you really pay attention to his mouth, you can see the staining on his teeth from the cigarette. It was bothering me. As soon as I like, like noticed it, it wouldn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just just wanted to throw that out there before i forgot yeah Kerr, i quit bad for you save your lungs they all smoked except for james vanderbeek they were all smokers but um when we were on set we watched i literally remember watching kerr smith and michelle williams just chain smoking on the side before they were entering the scene and i was shocked jamie i remember watching them being like oh my god they're smoking and I like I don't know I don't know anyway 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 I I can't get into it because I hate smoking it's so gross (laughs) let's move on we get the next scene it's Jack calling Joey to cancel their dinner date he tells Joey that their dad is in from Rhode Island and he wants to take them out to dinner and she says well that's a good thing right and Jack tells her that Milo called him in and explained everything that's been going on lately Jack says he needs to take a rain check and he apologizes and he says he hopes that he didn't ruin her evening and she says don't worry about me I'll find something to do 
So she's just a little frustrated. You can tell she's like a little sad. She sits down, she goes to take down her hair and she just looks at herself in the mirror and and she's sort of just like, fuck this. I'm going to go out. You know, I'm not going to just stay in and, and mope. So she goes and picks up the phone. I thought it was so funny. She goes and picks up the phone and listens for a dial tone. And then she calls uh, Dawson. I was like, I totally forget about phones, <laughs> like landlines. <laughs> How we used to have to do that to make sure that it was connected and it wasn't yeah. off the hook or something. I know. And do you remember when it would be, if it would go, you knew you had like a voicemail on there? <laughs> no, I don't remember that part. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I just remember when the line goes dead and you just hear ah, 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 ah. I remember our either, phone. Number. That was annoying. Ugh. <laughs> I get it. The phone's disconnected. Jeez. Um, so we're now at the club and we see Dawson and Joey. They're talking about how seedy it looks. And Joey says it's not that bad. And it beats sitting at home feeling dumped. Um, we hear cherry who was on the last episode she's singing calling you by celine dion i have to give them credit because the music that they're having this performer sing this this actress singer whatever she is she's singing really good music um she's singing so this episode i really liked the calling you song it reminds me of this so you think you can dance episode from back 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 then back way back when and they did a dance to this song but that is neither here nor there. So um, we see the four of them sit down. Dawson asks Ty if he goes there a lot. And he says it's practically his home. The waiter comes over and he's like, hey, Ty, what do you what do you want? What it'll be like? They all know Ty by his first name. And Ty says four usuals. And Joey asks, what's the usual? And Ty says, it's a surprise. And then Jen, they cut to Jen. And Jen's just like looking at him like, hmm. <laughs> she gives him like the funniest face ever. Um, and then Joey and Dawson just order Cokes. And then we cut to Jen again. And she gives them a look like, of course you are. <laughs> Jen's in like a totally different show. <laughs> it's so funny. I know. So then Cherry calls Ty up on the stage. She says, it's your turn, Ty. <laughs> and he goes up and he just starts playing the piano. And they're all like in shock. Jen turns to Dawson and she does this. She makes another face just like, like, what is he doing? Like, I can't believe he can do this. And I like her response to this coming up. Yeah, yeah. I really like Jen so much, so much more than I did. But Joey asks where he learned to play the piano and Jen goes, church? <laughs> I don't know, church. Jen doesn't know where else. I mean, it has <laughs> So Dawson asks, what's his deal? Doesn't his religion frown on all of this? And she says, well, he's got issues. And Joey says, he's perfect for you. And Jenna's smiling. She says, thank you so much. <laughs> so they're like bonding. It's nice. Yeah, I like I like it because it's their usual like banter, but like it's not as... There's no underlying like passive aggressive yeah, nastiness. Exactly, exactly. So it's nice that, that these two girls are at this spot in their relationship where their banter is still the same, but there isn't subtext. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, it's light. It's, it's like, light. I can poke fun of you at you now and I can take it back. So, yeah. So Dawson says, look at the irony of the three of us sitting together. Jen says, do you mean the proverbial, proverbial triangle? And he says, here I am single sandwiched in between two women who dumped me. I am pathetic. Jen says, I'm dating a Bible thumping hypocrite. And Joey says, hey, my boyfriend may be gay. (laughs) And they all start laughing. We are now at the library with Pacey. He's looking for all the public bylaws of 
the county. So a librarian comes over and asks why he's doing this. And Pacey says, I'm just trying to make the best of a bad situation. So he says, it's going to take forever. And she looks at her watch and she says, no, it'll take 20 minutes. We're closing. Now we're at dinner with Jack, Andy, and their father. Andy's talking about their mother's new medication. Andy's just like babbling on, babbling on, babbling on. She's like so excited that her dad's there. And she's like, you know, I made the honor roll again. And he's like, you always make the honor roll. And um, he's such a jerk, though. Be excited. Who cares if she always makes it or not? He's not a good guy. He's like, not he's a not nine, at no. all. Mm-mm. He went to the school of um, uh, Pacey's, Pacey's dad. <laughs> what is he's a, a selfish man, is what he is. He's very selfish. Oh my God. Yeah, he is. Even when he's, Andy's like begging for him to stay, and he's like, stop crying. I have to leave. Like, leave for what? You left your family. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. He's not a family man. I don't know. He's not. I mean, I get it. They had like a traumatic event happen in their life, and but he's not handling it the way you would hope or expect an adult to handle that type of situation. He's completely withdrawn. He just cut his entire family out and he put blinders on. He basically said, yep, my family's fucked up. I'm not dealing with it. You guys can stay here. I'm jumping ship. And that's exactly yeah, what he did. He refuses to deal with the problems that his family's happening he's a very selfish person he's only focused on himself and i'm sure some of it is a defense mechanism but at the same time you can't do that you have a family you have responsibilities that you're going to have to just come over your own issues and you know handle business so andy turns the attention over to jack and she mentions that he's been working at the ice house and their father mentions that jack has been especially quiet so jack tells him there's nothing to say everything's all right their father says that's hardly the case he wouldn't have gotten a call from milo having to drive all the way there disrupting his life jack Mm -hmm. says i'm sorry to have bothered you dad so he comes out and asks jack if he's gay and jack says would you care and he says that is not an answer and yes i would care this family has had enough problems we don't need to add to them i was like what is he talking about i was like this guy is an asshole total asshole So Jack says, and it would be a problem. And their father says, you're the only son I have now, Jack. You don't have Tim to hide behind anymore. People notice you now. Andy tells him he's made his point. And their dad dismisses Andy and says, well, I've made his point when Jack gives the appropriate answer to the question. He says that if Jack really cared about his family and all that they have done for him, then he would recognize that they already have had enough to deal with in the way of problems that we can't help. And those that we can help would be best resolved immediately. That was a tongue twister. And he says to Jack, do I make myself clear? And Jack says, yes. So now it's pretty much all Jack's fault that if he is gay, that he's destroying the family even more. I was like, this guy is a dumpster fire of a person. (laughs) I don't understand how he is making his child feel responsible for how he is as a human being and putting all that other pressure on him because their family might look might look bad meanwhile he's out in another state doing god knows what thinking he's just throwing money at them to make things go away not even present in their life oh he's disgusting i hate this guy so we just see uh jack just look at andy and andy they're just sort of like just looking at each other just trying to understand the moment you know yeah they're just trying to process what just happened yeah andy's just like i didn't know he would come home and do this you know i think for a while up until this point andy's kind of had like these mystical blinders on 
about her father. You know what I mean? She's she sees him as her hero. That's daddy. Um, And daddy is awesome. You know what I mean? I think she's had blinders on about the truth because the first moment you see they walk into that guidance counselor's room and they see that their father's sitting there at the desk waiting for them. Their reactions are completely different. Yeah, they're opposite. You know what I mean? He reacts to Andy differently than he behaves towards Jack. And I'm sure it was the same thing with when Tim was alive. Jack is fully aware of the negatives in their father's personality. He's been treated differently ever since he could probably remember, which kind of gets touched base on very soon. Um, Whereas, you know, Andy probably wasn't witness to it until now, just how bad it can get. Yeah. And she loves her brother. So she loves her family. You know, she she wants the best for all of them, but she does. This guy is just putting unnecessary pressure on his children that they don't need. No, no, they don't. I mean, it just it's just making everything worse. He's not if I think if he was more caring and more active in the parental role like he should be, I think that their entire family dynamic might be different. Yes, their mom has issues, you know what I mean? And that's one thing, but I feel like if he was a more positive influence and then then maybe Andy wouldn't be suffering so much as she is, and even Jack, even though Jack puts up a great wall and a great front that he's completely fine, he's not. You know what I mean? I just feel like if he put in the time and the effort, their family wouldn't be as fucked up as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. It's so sad. Um, yeah. So now we're back at the club, Ty and the others, and Cherry is now singing A Sunday Kind of Love, which is a really, really good song. We see Dawson and Joey dancing together. He asks her if she's having a good night, and she says yes. And he says he's sorry her plans didn't work out, but he's glad she's there. Dawson says Jack is missing out. And Joey says, you think he's gay, don't you? And Dawson says, I didn't say that, but the thought did cross his mind once or twice. And he tells her that he doesn't know. She knows him better than him. She gets defensive and she says, yeah, I do. I do, Dawson. I do know him better than you. And Dawson asks her if she knows Jack as well as she knows him. And she says, of course not. Not yet. I can't read his eyes the way I can read yours. And he asks her what his eyes are saying. And she says how comfortable it is for us to be here together as friends. <laughs> and he says, you're good. You're good, Joey. You're good. AKA, so- <laughs> you're, not, you're not reading me at all. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to tell you what I want you to hear. <laughs> yep. This, this is what I want your eyes to mean right now. <laughs> I can't deal with this, Dawson. I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> My boyfriend's having a crisis. My boyfriend's having a crisis. He might he might be gay and I can't deal with you coming back into my life this way. And plus I have to deal with watching this movie that you're making about our life. I can't deal with all this. And my messy bun. We cut to Ty and Jen. Ty says he doesn't get it. They make such a cute couple. Why would Joey want to be with a fruit fly? And Jen says, Jack's no fruit fly. And Ty says, please, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck. And Jen says, so what if he is a duck? And Ty says, it's Jack's choice. More power to him if he wants to quack. Jen tells him she doesn't think it's a choice. So Ty says, that's what they want you to believe, that it's not a choice. So Jen is completely like stunned now because Ty is finally showing like his true colors. And Ty says, everything in life is a decision and all ducks choose to quack. And Jack's definitely a quacker. And Jen says, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And he goes completely serious. Nobody has to quack if they don't want to, if they don't want to quack. So cut to Jack laying in his bed, throwing a ball against the wall. Andy comes in and apologizes for their father. And Jack says, it's okay. He didn't expect anything less. 
And Andy tells him their father hasn't had it easy either. So Jack reminds Andy that their life so far has been a bowl of cherries, but he's being sarcastic. Andy says it's not going to get any better unless he comes back. And we can see that Jack's getting annoyed. She tells him that they're too young for the responsibility of taking care of their mother. And Jack calls Andy a fool for thinking their dad even cares. She tells him that if they just helped him see that they all need to be together, then, and Jack cuts her off by yelling at her. He says, why do we need to? She says, because he's their father. He's our father. Because he's our father, Jack. <laughs> and Luke, Jack says, I am your father. <laughs> um, Jack says, they lost him when Tim died. And then their mom got sick and he bailed. And he asks her what makes her think anything is going to change now. So then Andy asks Jack how he expects their father to accept him when he keeps rejecting him. She tells Jack that if he keeps resisting, their father will never love him back. And he says he doesn't know or care. So Jack's like over it. He doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. He tells her she can spend the rest of her life listing her accomplishments, begging at his lap for a few meager signs of approval that he just decides to throw her way. And he can't do that. He's not like her. So now she's crying. And she doesn't think that there's anything wrong with her wanting her father to be proud of her. And Jack says, no, there isn't. But did you ever stop to wonder if you're proud of him? I was like, that's a really good question, Jack. Very good question. Now we're with Jen and Ty at Graham's. So Graham's is with them. This is a really good scene. So Jen walks over to Graham's to hand her a, a dirty plate. And Graham says to Jen, she really likes that Ty. And Ty is being super duper extra with Graham's. Yeah. He's like, that was a great sandwich, Mrs. Ryan. And she asks if he wants more milk. And he's like, one's my limit, Mrs. Ryan. He's laying it on thick, that's for sure. Yeah, he's super duper annoying. So Jen isn't talking. Ty asks her if there's something wrong. And she just shakes her head no. I love the way Michelle Williams acted in this scene. Just her subtle, like, uh, like, no. Like, what do you mean? It was so realistic to me. Um, Obviously, she's a great actress. But like, even back then, in this little scene that she did, I was like, so believable. I loved it. She like, you could tell in that moment that she seriously did not want to be in his presence. I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she was just saying nope so that he can get the hell out. Yeah. Like, I, his date I is over and I'm probably going to ignore you. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, why did she even invite him in? She should have just said, I'm going, I'm going in. So yeah, she shakes her head no. And then she says, actually, there is. And he says, let me guess, quacking ducks. So she asks him how he believes that it's wrong. And he says he never thought it was wrong. He said it was a choice. So she says, so you think it's okay? And he says, no, he thinks it's wrong. I'm like, you just said that you didn't think it was wrong. Well, I think when he said that, though, he was like, I didn't say that. Because he didn't actually say that he said something else. It wasn't that he didn't mean it or doesn't think it. It's just that those words never actually exited his mouth until that point. Until now. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. Now he's just like, yeah, I do think it's wrong because <laughs> I'm an asshole. Um, he says it's in the Bible. He even asks Grams what chapter of the Bible they talk about homosexual homosexuality as a sin. And Graham starts to answer and Jen tells her to stay out of it. She says she's not going to let them both gang up on her. She asks Ty how he has such a narrow view on being gay. And he asks her how she could be so narrowly liberal. And she says, you're no saint, you know that. And he says he doesn't claim to be. But one day he's going to have to answer the big man himself. And so will Jack. And his kind is damaging to the world at large. And she tells him that she cannot believe him for him to think that someone can magically decide to be gay is insane. He says, facts don't lie, Jen. 
He says the gay movement has been nothing but medically and morally damaging to this country. And Jen just wants to punch him in his face. <laughs> I wanted to punch him in his face. I want him to get off his damn high horse. Yeah, this um, is what I like before when we first met him and stuff, I was hesitant to like him. And now this is when like my hesitancy and suspicions start to pan out because I'm like, here's a red flag. There's another red flag. So many red flags. You know, it's really smart Run. that they did they did this though. It really is so smart. Yeah, they, I agree. They brought this character on to be with the atheist, this like r- very overly religious person to be with the atheist. He has such strong views on homosexuality and whatever else he believes in mm-hmm. that they don't really get into. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice commentary for this episode because we're getting like the people who are against it, the people who are for it, the people who like want to help, that type of thing. So it's mm-hmm. I I really liked the way this episode just moved along, you know? I agree. I agree. We're getting like a little bit of everybody's side. Opinions, yeah. Opinion. Yeah. So Graham says she's tried to stay out of this, but she can't. And Jen's really upset now. And she tells her, no, she's not going to let them both moral majority her. So Graham cuts off Jen and she says what she has to say isn't directed towards her. She's got something to say to Tyson. And so Graham says, if Jack is gay, he does not need your judgment, young man. The Lord above will be the one to judge him as he will all of us. What he needs from you, from me, from everyone else in this world is love and tolerance. If anything, that boy must feel scared and alone, and he will need the understanding of his fellow man to help him through this. Let's save judgment for someone much more experienced than you. (laughs) That's what she said. I love that line. I love it so good. And he's just staring at her like. I loved it so good. Me speak English wonderful. (laughs) I love that. She does, so yeah, he doesn't even know what to say. Jen gets up and stands next to Grams. She's just very proud of Grams right now. I love it. I was proud of Grams. I was, I was like, yeah. yeah, Grams, you throw that book at him. <laughs> yeah, because you know what's so funny? Last season, they made her out to be this, like, racist who doesn't, like, mm-hmm. like Joey's family. And she's just got strong beliefs about her own religion and stuff like that. But I feel like through the series, obviously, but up until this point, they're making her out to be this fully well-rounded human being that doesn't just believe in the bible like she has her beliefs she reads the bible to make her feel better i guess but she doesn't believe that like being gay is like a terrible sin i'm assuming i don't know because she's standing up for him but um you know she believes in god and she believes in what she reads but like she is also allowed to have her own feelings and opinion about these situations so i like that they did that with grams um and I totally would have read it in her voice, but I felt like it was a very serious thing to say. To not make oh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I needed the practice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's save judgment for the someone much more experienced than you. <laughs> we got this okay? No. <laughs> oh my God. All righty. So. So now Dawson is walking Joey home and he just asks how she's doing. She says, I'm okay, I guess. And he says, the blues club just made you more blue. I like that line. I thought that was cute. And she says, yeah. And he says, you want to talk about it? And she says, it's stupid. So she goes into this whole thing and she asks him if he, if, if she's sexual. And she says, she knows Jack's not gay, but there's something that's always kept him at a distance. But did Jack pick her because she's safe? And she says, 
you know, I'm Joey Potter, virgin at large. I don't have experience with men. And she says, you even fell for Jen, sex machine. (laughs) The way she said it made me laugh. And you even fell for Jen, sex machine. And I was something else to you. So he tells her that he was just stupid and it took him time to see what was actually there. And he says what was there was an amazingly sexy girl. Her sexuality is in everything she does, her wit, her intelligence, her anger, her feistiness. And he tells her that he sees it more and more every day. (laughs) And he says, you're blossoming. (laughs) And it's amazingly sexy. Talk about awkward. It's an awkward conversation. But I was like, you're blossoming. That's like something your creepy uncle says to you (laughs) when he notices you hit puberty. Like, (laughs) what? It's so weird. I'm My creepy uncle said that to me. Blossoming young girl. It's freaking weird. Just no. <laughs> what the fuck? That was crazy. But she just says thank you. But the thing that cracked me up was that I thought she was incredibly sexual when they were dating because they were always fucking dry humping each other, like on his bed and at the ruin. Every time, Steven, magic hour. <laughs> every time I hear sexual, I think of Backstreet Boys. The two times that you just said it now, when I was watching the show earlier, I'm like, am I sexual? Yeah. <laughs> just Backstreet Boys right in my head. Uh, it's stupid, Dawson. Am I sexual? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Dawson should have responded. I know. It would have been better than that weird answer you gave her. Maybe they did it on a blooper. Can we get that blooper reel? Oh my God. I can only imagine. <laughs> and then he started doing the dance. gotta love boy bands so dawson says he doesn't think the real question is why jack chose her the question is why did she choose jack and i thought that was kind of like like kind of like a punch in the stomach though i mean (laughs) he's like you're very sexual but why did you choose jack i don't know why did it she was an odd, It was an odd question. Well, she had things in common with him, right? They were hanging out a lot. Oh, yeah, the art, art thing in common. They worked together. They she worked found... together. He was pursuing her. They had yeah. that moonlit kiss that made her oh, question man. everything, you know? And <laughs> I don't they, know. Um, they were outside in a heat storm, thunderstorm together. I mean, he dogs. pursued her pretty, like, pretty confidently, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. She saw somebody that was interested in her and she felt sort of alone being with Dawson. And I don't, she probably felt like nobody else even would like her except for Dawson. Who knows? Well, I mean, remember at that time they were having that issue where everything was Dawson, 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 Dawson's this, Dawson's that, Dawson's shows, Dawson's movie, you know, do this. And we're just, nothing really changed in their relationship. They were just best friends with a title you know what i mean so then in walks jack who has things in common with the things that she actually likes and he's you know expressed interest in her in a more romantic way than dawson has besides their makeout sessions you know yeah. um it probably stirred up some feelings that she was looking for in the relationship with dawson that she didn't get so yeah or the writers were just like we don't want them to be together anymore so let's just bring on this new guy and then make him gay how about that yeah or or that listen that's probably it too i think that's what happened jamie (laughs) probably it's fine so it's the next day we see pacey waiting outside of the school for the principal principal markey and he gives her this document 
showing the bylaws on professional ethics for teachers and Peterson's in violation in almost every one. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So Principal Markey's like, what's your point here, Witter? What's your point here? And he's like, calm down, calm down. He starts reading the bylaws and she asks him what he wants her to do. Give Peterson Saturday detention. <laughs> and he tells her she doesn't have to do anything. He has over 20 more testimonies of other students. And he says there's a school board meeting that Tuesday and he sent everything to the school board. He wants Peterson publicly reprimanded for his behavior. And she says, I hope you know what you're doing. So he apologizes for going around her, but he was doing what he could within his given circumstances. So now we see Andy. Oh, this is the big scene, Jamie. This is the big scene. Andy's having breakfast by herself. This is, by the way, a school day. Okay. This is a school day. (laughs) This is like before school. Okay. Andy's sitting alone having breakfast. Her dad comes down with his suitcases. He's like getting ready to leave. He hands Andy a bunch of numbers and says it's for nurse companies that he's going to bring in to help their mother. And she says, you can't stay any longer. And he says, it's not possible. It's not possible. I have tons of meetings this afternoon and I have to drive all the way back to Rhode Island. And she says, well, we haven't really discussed anything. And he cuts her off and he tells her not to get emotional. He'll be back in a few weeks. And Jack comes out of nowhere and he says, don't bother coming back. They have everything under control. So save yourself the gas mileage. And their father says he will not suffer that tone from him. He says he works too hard. And Jack says, that's always the excuse. You work too hard. Well, I couldn't care less how hard you work. And um, he says, what's the sense in supporting a family that you don't even care about? And he goes to leave and tells Andy that he'll call her in a few days. So then Jack runs in front of him and he slams the door shut and he says, he's not going anywhere. I'm like, you just told him to leave. Oh no. (laughs) He's like, wait a minute. I changed my mind. You're not leaving, dad. (laughs) You may never leave. So Jack says, this is one conversation that you can't run away from. And he tells his father that he never wants to talk about how Tim died or their mother or Andy being on and off medication, but they are going to talk about him. Their dad is now yelling at Jack and he says, you calm yourself down. (laughs) He's screaming. And Jack says, no, I will not calm down and I will not be quiet. You want to resolve this? Ask me a question again. Ask me if I'm gay. And he says, you are not gay. And Jack says, Yes, I am. And you know it. I see how you look at me. And I know, you know, think about the way you treated me and the way you treated Tim, because he was the real son and I was different. And as hard as you've tried to stamp it out and ignore it, I've tried harder. I've tried harder than you to be quiet and forget it and to not bother my family with my problem. So now he's like really crying and he goes and sits on the steps and he's just like really, really upset and crying. Can I just give you like a little golf clap here? That was so well done, <laughs> and that's called <laughs> acting <laughs> and scene. <laughs> oh my god! So then, um, uh, just it was getting serious for a second. I needed to lighten it up a minute. <laughs> I love it. Um, so he says that he can't try anymore because it hurts, and he he tells his dad he's sorry. He tells Andy he's sorry. And he says he doesn't want to be going through this, but he is. And he's sobbing now. And I felt so bad for him in that moment. Like he's like, he literally is going through something that he can't, he can't change it. Right. You know, and like his own father's telling him like, 
you're not gay. Like you can't be gay. I cannot imagine the like thousands of gay kids in their homes telling their parents that they're gay and their parents telling them to leave. Like you're not my child anymore. It's so sad. It's so incredibly sad. And it's, it's real. It's real. It's It's a real thing. It's very real. I'm so grateful that I didn't have that situation with that type of situation coming out. Like me personally, I was, I was very like resentful towards my parents at the time. And I didn't give a fuck if they, if they knew or not. And when they did find out, I was just like, I remember my mom said to me, I know I'm like side sidetracking right now, but my mom goes, she, (laughs) so (laughs) I met Justin already. We were already like, sort of like just seeing each other. We're like, you know, we're like already dating. It was like real quick with us. And my parents both worked really weird shifts. So like my mom worked overnights and my dad would come home at like four in the morning or something. And I was the only one living at home at the time. I was like the last one to leave. So like I would have Justin come over and we'd just be in my room and like nobody bothered me. And I remember the one morning he was like going to leave. It was super duper early in the morning. And I was like, all right, you got to go because I don't want them to like see you. <laughs> and I walked him down like really early in the morning and my mom was awake. And I think she was sort of like, who is this? <laughs> and I said, oh, this is my friend, Justin. And then I remember he, like him leaving and everything. It was so weird. And I just like went back upstairs. So I remember later that day I was going to work and my mom stopped me and she goes, um, when are you going to tell me about Josh? And I go, I don't know who Josh is, but if you want to talk about Justin, we can talk about Justin. And she goes, so what do you, what do you want to tell me? And I said, what do you want to know, mom? <laughs> I was like, so I don't know what was wrong with me at the time. There was just a lot defensive. of, I, there was a lot of things I was going through regarding my parents at the time. And it didn't even have to do with my sexuality. It was just a lot of family things, you know? And I was just very, just angry at them. And I remember just, her her not being happy obviously but um I was like getting ready to go to work I'm like are we having this conversation now I have to go to work and I said mom look I'm not gonna live here with you and not talk to you so we can have this conversation now or later I said but I'm not gonna live with you and this be our relationship I said that's not the kind of relationship we've ever had and I'm never I'm not gonna have that with you now and And I like explained everything to her, like how everything was brand new. I didn't understand it, but I knew that I was like enjoying what what was going on. And I was like, he's a really nice guy and blah, blah, blah. And I said, just, you'll get to know him. And I said, but like, you know, if I'm not, I'm not going to like live here with you. If that's how, if you're going to not want to talk to me. And she totally understood. And then like, we had like a conversation. It took her a while to like, just understand. Yeah, accept it and understand it. Because I even said before, she even said to me, I wish that you had dated more, like dated girls more. And I just said, like, why would you want me to be in a relationship with a female that I would never make happy? You know what I mean? I said, then I'll be one of those gay guys who's like married with kids, miserable and like screwing guys behind my wife's back. I said, that's not the kind of life I want. I was like, I hear about it enough. That's weird. It's weird and gross. And, you know, it took her a while, but she's, she really liked Justin. She did. Like, I mean, there were times when me and Justin would fight and she would like defend him. And I'd be like, you're my mom. (laughs) (laughs) She was always on my side, but I know that she really, it, you know, it was hard on her, I think, because 
I think she wanted me to be a father. Like she thought I would never have kids. And I'm like, mom, these things are possible. Like it's not impossible, but um, I don't know. And then I remember when my dad found out, he found out during Christmas time and I was coming home from uh, an interview at Macy's and she just couldn't hold it in anymore. I remember coming home and I used to work Macy's during the holidays and I came home. I was so defeated. I was like, I don't think I want to do this this year. And I plopped down on the chair and my mom and dad are decorating the Christmas tree. And my mom turns around and goes, I told your father. I said, told him what? (laughs) And she goes, I told him about Justin. And I said, okay. I was like, well, do you want to talk about this dad? And he goes, I don't want to talk about anything. And I said, okay, so I'm not going to live here. if You're going to be mad. And, um, you know, it's my parents were just whether or not they didn't agree with it. They never told me. I just the small conversations I had with them about it. It was just like you said, them accepting it. But, um, you know, Justin and my dad have a really good relationship. It's, you know, good. it's just it's very different now. And, you know, it is what it is. I just was never like sitting at my back, uh, on my steps crying to my parents that I couldn't deal with this. It was even when I was like trying to figure out who I was. And if I was gay, I wasn't sitting in my room crying about it and getting upset and emotional. I was just sort of confused, but everybody's different. You know, I just didn't have that experience with coming out or realizing who I was. If anything, I was excited about it. (laughs) I was like, all right, well, let's see what happens. (laughs) And, you know, even exciting, like 16 years later, we're still together. (laughs) So, um, Anyway, so that was my story. If anybody can relate to that, please let me know. I would love to hear your experience. <laughs> um, so back to Jack and Andy. He says he tells them that he doesn't want to be going through this and he's really upset. Their dad tells them both to stop crying and Andy gets up and she says, just leave. <laughs> and he says, this is between him and Jack. And she says, not anymore. It's not just leave get out of here piss off pops i loved how she gave that line reading the way she says it 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 made me laugh so hard she's like get out of (laughs) here i love meredith one row yeah she's fantastic so their father leaves he just leaves and they're left crying on the steps consoling each other um so now we're at school jack sees joey and he asks if he can see her that night and she says sure and they kiss And he's like, how am I going to do this? So now there's a crowd surrounding Peterson's class. There's a note saying that it's canceled. Pacey goes to walk away and Jack thanks him for everything he's done. And Pacey shakes his hand and he's just sort of like happy that he's acknowledging it, I guess. But he's happy Mm -hmm. that I think he knows Jack is like finding who he is, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I I can agree with that assessment. Yes. So Pacey sees Peterson sitting alone in a classroom and he sees that he has a a box full of his stuff. Pacey goes in and he asks why his class isn't in session. And Peterson says, you haven't heard? Your favorite teacher is leaving this godforsaken institution. Pacey says, you haven't even met with the board yet. And he says, did you really think that I would appear before some collection of idiot parents and have them tell me what I've been doing wrong for the last 30 years? I'd rather eat dirt. And he says he was planning on retiring anyway. So then Pacey apologizes and Peterson says, that stunt was one of the few admirable moments in your life. Don't ruin it with an apology. And 
Pacey says, you're unbelievable. And he asks, what's inside of him that makes him so damn mean? He says, as awful of a man that you find me to be, you came here to learn from me. Pacey says, I have learned. I've learned that respect is not commanded through fear. It's earned through compassion. So then Peterson's walking away and he says, then tell me this. Should I respect you? You're responsible for ending my career. Where's the compassion in that? I was like, no, Pacey just took a fucking stand because you're a rotten person. Mm -hmm. You ended your own career by doing the things you did. Somebody just stood up for themselves and the shit that you were doing. Yeah, it really pissed me off when that teacher, it really pissed me off when he just had to try to get the last say in. And it, you ruined my career. Well, your career wouldn't be ruined if you were an actual decent teacher. So right back at you, sir. (laughs) Fuck Um, you. Yeah. (laughs) That's a big old F for you, Mr. Peterson. (laughs) A, B, C, D, E, F, U. You. Just like that Um, song. So Ty is walking over to Jen now, who's sitting in her rocking chair outside. She sat in that during the first episode of season two, which I was like, wow, that was like years ago. (laughs) I remember asking you about this chair and you explained it to me. And I was like, oh, she's sitting in that chair. Jamie was explaining to me. Um, the rocking chair. Yeah, it's a glider. Yeah, those things are great. I remember that episode. Um. Ty has his towel between his legs and she tells him that it's not going to work out. She can't get past some of, some of his views. And he says, so we can't disagree. I thought relationships were about growing together. And he tells her that if she thinks his beliefs are wrong, then to teach him another way. And she says, it's not that easy. So he says, what relationships are easy? His narrow minded ways are open for discussion. And he says, what about your liberal views? Are they open for discussion? And he tells her that she's a beautiful girl. Can't they just see what happens next? And she says, you certainly have a charm about you. And she smiles. And then it cuts to Andy and Pacey. I was like, wait, is she really staying with this creep? Yeah, I don't remember. This is going to blow over. And I don't remember what it is, but it gets worse. I just, I just know that I don't like him. I wish I could remember why, aside from the little red flags that keep popping up. But I'm pretty sure he sticks around a little bit longer. But I don't remember what the... You know, what straw breaks the camel's back? It's going to be about Jack. It has to be. He's going to start talking about his gay hate, his hate, gay hating agenda. It's one thing with Jen that you just don't ever mess with. And that's her friends. And so, yeah. Even if she's just realizing now that Jack just was going through. (laughs) I mean, she puts up with so much stuff, like how they treat her is one thing. Because but when it comes to her friends, you know what I mean? It's she's a different person. So I guess we'll see. But I agree. Definitely going to have to be here probably towards Jack. So now we're with Andy and Pacey. They see each other across the school and they start walking towards one another. They're both arguing about apologizing to one another. So he tells her that the last week without her was a living hell and he doesn't want to go through that ever again. So he apologizes and she forgives him. And he says, your turn. So she tells him, I molded you into this person who I thought you should be. I did it to my father too. I thought it was what I needed. I place this unfair burden on people just so they can save me from myself. But I realize I don't need a knight in shining armor. What I need is a partner, someone who I can love and who's proud to love me back in spite of all of my faults. And that's you. You're the one, Pacey. He says, how is your apology so much better than mine? How do I always lose to you? And they kiss. And we hear this, the pretty Dawson's Creek music playing in the background. And he says, I take that back. I'm clearly the winner here. I was like, oh, Cheesy. You're so cute. 
I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the real winner here, Jack. Oh, God. I'll never let go. <laughs> but I'm Jack and you're Rose. <laughs> so it's night now and we're at the dock at Joey's. She's lighting candles at, the, at this little table she has outside. Jack comes up. He looks like he was dressed ready to go to this, this dinner. And she tells him that he's early. She hasn't even gotten the food out. And he tells her everything looks magnificent. I was like, well, that's a red flag there. He just said everything looked magnificent. I'd be like, you're gay, aren't you? <laughs> you know what else? You know what I couldn't help but notice? So this little spread, it's really cute. The, the, you've got your little table and the little chairs. And then they've got the tiki torches all lit up around the yard and at the end of their little dock. But then if you look in the background on other people's properties, they got their little tiki torches lit too. And I'm like, did she like go light their torches? They always have their torches on. You know what I mean? I I get it aesthetically pleasing wise for the shot. It looks nice because it looks like they're surrounded by all this light instead of it just being on her own property. And it's beautiful. But like, did she talk to the neighbors and be like, hey guys, so I'm doing this candlelit dinner for my boyfriend who may or may not be gay and i need it to be perfect can you light your tiki torches so that like it just it fills the atmosphere with this mood that i'm trying to portray like i just want to know or does she take her little dinghy boat and go from like property to property and light all their tiki torches i want to go with that she took her dinghy boat and she lit them all herself that's why she needed time I didn't even notice that. I got to go back and look. Those are the random questions that like pop up in my head. Cause like you never really, I mean, I don't know how many times we've really been in like her backyard really, but. Only a couple of times. Like when Dawson was there with her talking about his mom. They had none of those tea torches lit, right? You didn't see any lights off in the, off in the distance on the other side of the Creek. So I just. No, it was always in daytime. Yeah. Well, or the couple (laughs) of times that like. He brought her home from their dates or whatever. It was dark time, but they were only, yeah, I guess we only ever really saw the back of the house and they were on the porch. So I don't know. It's That's like, a funny observation though. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. Go back, go back and look. I, I as soon as I saw the setting, I thought it was pretty. And I just started looking at all the pretty lights. Cause I'm a girl and shiny things. We like shiny things guys. So You're like, did um, she light them all herself? <laughs> she just take her little boat. And then I was like, wait, is that part of the prop? No, their property ends at the water line. So I was like, the wait we don't really know that jamie we don't know anything about these homes (laughs) she lives in a shack how much property do you think she's got she could have a lot of property it's just the house that's on there is tiny she could build out she does make a (laughs) b&b i don't know (laughs) (laughs) oh my god these little little things i know so He tells her everything looks magnificent. She says, yeah, I'd be pretty impressed if I were you. And he tells her she shouldn't have done this. And she says, I wanted to. And he says, I know, but you shouldn't have. And her face changes. And she says, this is the part where I say, "Uh uh-oh, right? And he tells her he doesn't know what to say. And she says, just be honest with me this time. So he says, this morning I told my father that I'm gay. And she says, so you are gay? And he's stumbling on his words and he says, I'm not, no, like he's not saying it. And she goes, so you're not gay, part gay. And he kind of laughs and she says, please don't laugh at me, Jack, because I don't know what you're trying to say. And she flat out asks him, she says, are you gay? And he just shakes his head. Yes. 
So he tells her that when he wrote that poem, it clicked something inside of him that was quiet for so long. And it made him realize that whatever he's going through is not going to go away. Maybe never. So he tells her that he cares about her so much. And she's been such a good friend to him, which is why he can't stand the thought of losing her. And he says he doesn't want to hurt her either. So she says, I know the rest. And she thanks him for being honest with her. And he reaches over to grab her hand and he's like holding onto her like finger. And he says, thank you for being you. So that's how he told her that he's gay. And she doesn't take it very well. So we see Jack come home from that whole scene and Andy just hugs him. We cut to Dawson laying in his bed watching TV. Joey comes through the window. She's clearly upset. She's crying and she just falls onto uh, Dawson's chest and she just lays there and he holds her and consoling her. And we cut to the credits and that was the end of the episode. I think maybe it's the next episode then that I have an issue with Joey a little bit. It's like the aftermath of all of this coming out. Well, the next episode is called Be Careful What You Wish For. And I think it's Dawson and Andy's birthdays. I feel like there was an issue, but I don't remember. This is great because I don't remember. I know. I don't remember either. <laughs> so um, we'll know next week when we watch. It's going to be like, like a brand new show. Well, all in all, I thought it was a really good conclusion to the first part. I thought it was, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was very real how they had Jack come out and... You know, I wasn't all about it in the beginning of this podcast. I always thought it was such a weird storyline to go from bringing on somebody to break up this couple to suddenly making him the face of like gay characters on TV. But watching it now, I have to take back my thoughts and whatever I said, because I fully understand. And I think it was a great way to introduce a gay character on TV because He was in denial. He was hiding all this stuff. He didn't want to out himself. And, you know, clearly he was going through something deeper. And, you know, he he had to be who he was. And it's sad how it happened, but I'm glad that they did it. Because I know Jack becomes such a great character on the show later. Yes, Yes, we love Jack. But Jack has some excellent taste in guys when he gets older, too. Get cuter and cuter. (laughs) I remember any of the guys except for um, Pacey's brother. <laughs> He's the only one I remember him dating. And a blonde oh, a guy, maybe. There's some guy in, in their college years that floats around a little bit. And there is another guy. I think it might be the blonde one. Um, He's a little younger than him. He's like real nerdy. He likes, he's like out and proud. And he's always like, I don't know. I don't remember. I just remember him like struggling with it because by the time he had the balls to like kiss this guy, this guy was starting to see somebody else. Oh, okay. I think I might be getting my my guys confused. There's a couple of, I get a little, I don't know. Just, it doesn't matter. Forget what I said. Ignore me. I know next season he starts dating. They have him start dating. <laughs> Jamie, I'm loving your straight hair. Isn't it pretty? I wish it was gay. <laughs> you wish my hair was gay? I don't think my hair has my hair. That it? Because it's straight. Oh. <laughs> so it needs ah. to be curly. Is that what you're saying? I need to curl my hair now? No. I like it. Pretty. Anyway, do you have any last thoughts? <laughs> None? No, I think I got all of what I wanted to talk about out. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to add to anything? We got another email. Oh, another time. <laughs> 
Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. <laughs> we got another email from a fan, and we want to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reaching out because we love them and they make us happy. We did. We got another email, which I'm so excited about, and I'm going to read it. So thank you, Jamie, for reminding me because I totally forgot to mention it again. So we got a really nice email from a new listener the other day named Lisa, and she said, I just started listening to your podcast today. I love Dawson's Creek. I hope you continue to do more episodes. I'm only three episodes in, so keep up the good work. Loving it so far. Winky face. (laughs) I think that was so nice. We appreciate our second ever email. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to send us a quick message. It's very much appreciated. And and that makes me happy because, Stephen, they're listening all the way to the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. They're actually listening to us. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. That's that's the true story. Oh no, it makes me so happy. Like we're always mm-hmm. so excited when we get any kind of feedback or any kind of like listener email like that. Because I always say, Jamie, I never thought anybody would even listen to us. Listen, we listen, you guys. I, just to give you a little bit of uh, some background and understanding, and how excited we get when we get these emails. Uh, one came through earlier today, and I thought it came from a person, but it was spam, and it made me really sad. <laughs> and I was like, "No, I didn't see it." And I go to read, and I go, "Oh." And like I said, all of the fun DMs we get, and mm-hmm. like when we do lives and people interact with us, it's so fun to me that you know, people are actually enjoying us and we're still enjoying doing this, which is so fun. So, but um, yeah, I think that we can wrap it up, Jamie. It's been a very long day. Yes. (laughs) For both of us. Yes. Tell everybody where they can find your bookstagram. Uh, Yeah, sure. So my bookstagram is on Instagram and I am at jlynn underscore book lover. Beautiful. And you can find us on Instagram at Creek Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And you can send us an email at creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And also, if you're feeling generous, give us a rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love like, to hear your subscribe, feedback. Like, whatever all of you <laughs> the young kids are doing these days. Just kidding, because, you know, you guys are probably closer to our age. I mean, we really don't know what type of demographic we're pulling in. We're just happy you guys are here. I know. It's exciting. Okay. Um, so I've been thinking about making a Facebook group. So if you would want to join a Facebook group for our podcast, let us know. I'm so curious to know if anybody would even join it. So... Um, Yeah, I mean, we're not entirely sure, at least at this point, um, what everyone's favorable social media is. You guys are mostly, are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Tumblr? I don't don't know. What other ones are there? (laughs) I feel like Instagram is the biggest one, but... um... TikTok is big too. I have, I have an idea for TikTok. I just have to get situated with it first. That's all. But as for now, we appreciate you listening and we hope you enjoy the episode. We hope everybody has a great weekend. Make sure you tell your loved ones that you love them, hug them and just be happy. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
about the crew.